Welcome to the New Nurse Podcast. I'm Nurse Meg. And I'm Nurse M. Hi, Em. Hello, friend. Um, per the usual, it kind of took us a minute to get here. It did. Uh, there were some unseen struggles today, fam. <laughs> <laughs> so right when Em and I were getting ready to record, I got a phone call from an unknown number. And then I saw that there was also a voicemail and I was like, oh no, because my husband was out biking today and I was like, I'm always so worried that he's just going to be a John Doe. I'm sorry. That is like the worst thing about living with a nurse in my opinion. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, it was him, but he was calling from a stranger's phone um, that had picked him up because he had a flat tire with his bike. So thank heavens for nice people out there. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. So he didn't—he doesn't even take his phone with him. Is that like common for bicyclists? Right. And could we all agree that he should take his phone with him? I have only suggested that like a million times, but he doesn't yes. want to. And I'm like, you know what? I guess at this point, like, if you don't want to take your phone with you, then and you just want to endure like whatever obnoxious hiccups come along with the fact that you have to like hitchhike. I guess I guess that's on you, right? Like, a grown adult. Yes, I love it. I will say there are times when I go for like a run or something, and I do just leave my phone. It just feels like you're actually escaping. Yeah, yes. so I can I can understand where he's coming from, but also have, I, I really do worry about bicyclists. So I feel I, your pain. Ow. Do you have ID on you when you run? No, for sure not. <gasps> Emily. Keller, what For sure is going not. on with you? <laughs> no, you have to have. Okay, so he does have an ID bracelet that he wears because I have literally badgered him to death about it because I don't want a John Doe. So I'm like, at least if something happens to you and you're like having a concussion, they at least know who to call. I can right. Not, I cannot believe Adam does not tell you that you have to have like ID on you at some level. No, yeah. That's it. Adam and I are having a conversation. I think, yeah. I think sometimes there's more, like, in my head, see, I think too far into things because you're totally thinking medical. But I'm like, well, then if I have my ID on me and some, like, white van snatches me up, then they know exactly where I live. And (laughs) so then there's another ripple of effects. It's just, you know, either way. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, wait, what's going to happen if they know where you live? Well, who knows? They'll go rob the place or I don't know. (laughs) But Em, listen, here's what happened. I'm going to tell you my horrible story real quick is that I think it was year maybe two when I was an ICU nurse. I ended up taking care of a woman who left her car with her ID at the gym and went for a run and went down and had a cardiac arrest. And so she was vented. And my patient, and we had no idea who she was. Like, they were putting her picture on the lo- the local, like, nightly news, trying to figure out family. But wait, I feel like they always figure it out somehow. I, mean, I think that they did eventually figure it out. But in that regards, it was like nobody was expecting her home or at work or, do you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, she had people who cared about her, but it wasn't like anybody yeah. was going to be missing her for a couple of days. And I, that just, like. I don't That's know. That's so just, sad. I, I, right. Exactly. Also, we all know what our patients look like when they're like intubated. Like, I never would be able to recognize somebody 
they look so different in my world when yeah. there's like right so I'm like oh my gosh can you even imagine just being like here's a picture of like uh, would you even like recognize your loved one like that sounds horrible I know but think about like how different they look when their faces are swollen and like volume overload and I don't know oh are you there yeah oh no did I lose did you lose me from it I did it it this app is so fussy that when I I was just getting a phone call ugh I think it made you fuzzy. So I hope that we could, they could hear. What was the end of it that you the wouldn't recognize? Of, yeah, just that I feel like our patients look so different when they are like in the intensive care unit. Yes, for sure. Fluid overloaded and all the other things. No, so. there's definitely validity in what you're saying. And to the listeners, definitely listen to Meg. Yeah, but... don't listen to M or my husband. <laughs> what is wrong with you, people? <laughs> um, okay, but that was just that was a side note. Um, really, oh, that's funny. And also, then, one more side note that if you yeah. hear me scream and you hear a bunch of clashing on my end, scream? I have just been, yes. Scream. If you hear me scream and just drop my phone, it's me outside enjoying the sun and sacrificing my life to the cicada killers that could come after me and scare oh. the living bejeebies out of me. So I really told myself I'm not going to like freak out if they come when we're recording, but you're all invited to my funeral if that happens. So. Oh my gosh. Okay, carry on. <laughs> the cicadas? You have cicadas? The cicada killers. They're like huge what looking. killers? They're like huge looking hornet things, but they really don't harm you. They're like gentle giants, but they come at you. I don't know if they're trying what it is but they will fly directly at me in my backyard and so I don't even know what this is you're sounding like you're in like a developing country somewhere <laughs> they look like they belong there <laughs> they're like just imagine a five of them and they're more like red-ish looking red and black oh I do know what this is I didn't know yes that. do they really eat cicadas Yes, they like, I guess they sting them and then eat them. I'm not really sure. What? Okay, listen, I'm glad that um, everybody has decided to join us today because yes, there's some notes. valuable information being given out here. Right? Little tidbits for Little, your day. You guys never know. And you know, the fun thing is, is that Em and I never know what we're talking about either. <laughs> it's true, y'all. It's true. Um, so Emma's kind of directing today. Do you want to tell them? what our little like brilliant idea was for, yeah. for this so episode. That was, yeah, that was totally a Meg brilliant idea. And she tries to give me credit because she's nice. But um, we basically have been, well, I know on my end, I've been trying to give myself lots of grace. Like in the meantime of you going to pick up TJ on his bicycle, I had fallen asleep because I've been like Aww. way overly exhausted in the third trimester. And I like can't even... I don't even know how you're getting myself a third trimester already. Right? Insane. This little creature is exhausting me, though. So I have been really, like, I totally got away from naps in my life as an adult. And which that doesn't make sense either. We yeah, I did. about the value of napping. Well, total, there's total value in it. However, I, I think I've talked about this before, is how I can, like, border the line of laziness with my sleeping habits because uh, yeah. I can sleep too much. So... Um, it was better for me to just not allow myself to. That way I got to bed at a better time. I didn't stay up too late. My sleep cycles were better. Anyways, so I've gotten away from that. So getting back into that this season has been really, really challenging um, and trying to just have grace with myself and not get mad at myself for what I don't get accomplished. And um, in that season, Meg has been running around like a crazy person as well. So we mm. both just feel really pulled in a lot of different directions and 
we want to continue on some fun topics with you all, which we have so many lined up. But um, today we thought we would just keep it plain and simple and do a little Devo. So that was on the agenda. Love, 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 love. Yeah, because what we're realizing is that we want to make sure that we're still feeding you guys um, and feeding ourselves, but like not to the detriment of ourselves, because obviously that's everything that Em and I are about, right? Is like taking care of self and having the self-awareness. So right. we decided that, yeah, like Em said, just um, a little Devo or like a little snippet. Also, you like know how we love our analogies and things like that. So I just feel like this is going to be really beautiful. Yes. All right. Um, rock our so, All right. This one is another one by um, Miss Lisa Turkhurst. This is her embraced devotional that a nurse had given me. Santa thing. Um, oh, I love a good so, Santa. Yeah, me too. This is called the best worst thing. The scripture with it is Matthew eight twenty six, one that you all I'm sure have heard a million times in your life. Jesus replied, "You have little faith. Why are you so afraid?" And he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. I failed at being a wedding planner. No one wants a wedding planner who gets so undone by the neurotic mother of the bride that she throws up in the parking lot right beside the guest sidewalk. Really, nothing says, welcome to my wedding, quite like that. (laughs) I failed at being a kitchen gadget saleswoman. No one wants to see the tip of a thumb slice off into the veggie pizza at the exact moment I was promising how safe this gadget is. Awesome. (laughs) I failed at being a cafeteria lady at a private school. My assistant decided her arms were so dry she needed to coat herself with her spray butter. When we took the the trash out later that day, we both got attacked by the pizza in the oven. Kids don't, don't take kindly to burnt pizza. I failed at being a receptionist. It's never a good idea to just succumb to those sleepy afternoon feelings and lay your head down on the desk. Bosses don't like workers who snore, even if they are pregnant. See, look at that. that. You guys are kidding spirits. (laughs) Lisa says, yes, I failed at a lot during those years when I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. At the time, each of these things felt like the worst that could have happened. Now, I think they were the best worst things. Had these things been successful, I would never have discovered the joy of being in the ministry I am in now. I see the same theme woven throughout many stories in the Bible. In Matthew 8, 23 through 24, we find Jesus getting into the boat with his disciples. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. Worst thing. But in verse 26, Jesus got up and rebuked the winds and waves and things turned completely calm. The disciples were amazed. Best worst thing. In Acts 5, 18, we find the apostles being arrested and thrown in jail. Worst thing. But in Acts 5, 19, we find an angel of the Lord opening the doors of the jail and bringing them out. Later, we find them with so much confidence they boldly proclaim, we must obey God rather than men. Best worst thing. I don't understand why we have to go through some cruddy stuff. And I certainly know there are many worse things to go through than what I've mentioned here. We live in a broken world full of broken people. But isn't it comforting to know God isn't ever broken? He isn't ever caught off guard, taken by surprise, or shocked by what happens next. He can take our worst and add his best. We just have to make the choice to stay with him and keep following him through it all. And she ends with her little prayer of, prayer of, Dear Lord, I know you are capable of taking my worst and turning it into your best. Show me this truth anew today. Refresh my spirit. I want to follow you through it all. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Lisa Turkhurst and Emily Keller. <laughs> 
so what do you think? good. So good. I think um, a lot of times when we look at our immediate situations, we often think that if they are challenging and difficult, that that means maybe it's not of God or that it won't be used. I think, I think sometimes that like that it won't be used part of it is maybe where I have been more than anything. Like, Mm -hmm. so I, I love this, like him taking our worst and like bringing his best. Is that how she said it? Taking our worst and bringing his best. Yeah. And bringing his best. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that because we really can't do it without him. Not not well, I think, because of just who we are like naturally created to be. Um, right. And I think that we're in a lot of challenging situations um, within this profession, within life so many times. Um, and I know even when I was going through my divorce, T would often remind me that nothing is wasted. And that's one of the great things about getting a few years, you know, older and down the road a little bit further is that I can now see how so many things in my life I thought was going to be the absolute worst or that it's like, again, just maybe it would never be redeemed. And then to see those parts get a redemption has been altogether humbling. Yeah. And I think like for me, I struggle with that phrase of we can't, we can't do it without him because the, um, want to be apologetics human in me is like well technically we can like people do all the time right mm-hmm. but it, you're not going to look back most often than not some people who are not believers definitely still have a good heart that they can do this and I've run into that as well that they can look back and see joy in the valleys and I know we've talked a lot about the valleys but I guess it's not just the molding and remolding of situations. I think Lisa really talks about that in this Devo of the breaking down of certain situations around her that create inner turmoil. And I think sometimes, at least in my walk, it's been the breaking down of the innermost of my being, Mm. not even with external situations all the time. I think, you know, I walked through those as well where like failing in the ICU and and um going back to that but then there's the second walks of valleys where I'm taking 10 steps back into things and habits and honestly spiritual demons such as envy or anger or um you know whatever you're as listeners whatever you're internally battling because I know I feel like as nurses we're all beings that want self-growth and Mm. so even if it's not in a situational environmental um worst thing that's going on around you and it's just inner turmoil Mm -hmm. um I think just know that you're seen and you're loved like I think sometimes I just need to take a step back and stop planning I think Mm. in the midst of feeling inner turmoil and the breakdown of things that I thought I overcame I can become a planner I'm like catching myself planning another trip and I'm catching myself buying a bunch of things for the house online and oh we just bought a rug but now I need this wallpaper and I seriously caught myself this morning during a sermon it's Sunday when we're recording for all of you Monday listeners but um, I caught myself in the middle of a sermon like literally I had to stop and like write down everything that was in my mind on my to-do list that was 
running through my head in order to pay attention. Mm. And I think we can so easily distract ourselves from what's going on internally or externally around us in order to just kind of hide it away and pocket it and not think about it. And um, I just want to encourage you that it's going to pay off to work through it. And I know Meg will share this as well, that I have been able to help so many others with the pain that I've walked through. And I know that's something that we hear, but yeah, I know T reminded you of this and a friend of mine who we walked through similar things like a year and a half apart um, that I was able to help her through. She always said to me, your tears weren't wasted. Mm. Um, And be encouraged with that, that if you are walking through a hard time where you feel like you're failing at something or it's just your, the worst possible thing that could be going on, um, loss of a family member or just really tough staffing at work right now where you just feel really overrun and stretched thin, um, just know it's for a reason. Like you don't know what younger nurse is going to come behind you and you're going to be able to better empathize and understand what they're going through because of what you're walking through. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that. I just started a book right now uh, yesterday called Ruthless Trust. And the guy was talking, the author is talking about how there was an individual that went to meet Mother Teresa. And she said, what can I do for you? And he asked Mother Teresa to pray for him for clarity. And just what you're saying, Em, I feel like you started to talk and I like grabbed this book because I was like, I feel like that's kind of what you're saying. Like, even when there's um, just challenging places, like no matter what it looks like, but it could be just easily the inner turmoil and whatever's going on in your own thoughts or habits or whatever it might be. Um, I think a lot of times like we seek clarity. And Mother Teresa's response was one of wisdom. And she said, I will not do that. And he asked her why. She said, clarity is the last thing you are clinging to and must let go of. Mm, Wow. Um, And so it goes on to say, oh, so the individual kind of laughed and commented that she always seemed to have clarity that he longed for. And then she laughed and said, I've never had clarity. What I've always had is trust. So I will pray that you trust God. And and then it says, craving clarity, we attempt to eliminate the risk of trusting God. Fear of the unknown path stretching ahead of us destroys childlike trust in the Father's active goodness and unrestricted love. And so even in the midst of like nothing being wasted, I think there's even maybe a space that we could maybe in some of the healthiest ways find gratitude for the things that we don't fully understand. But sometimes us staying in the dark means that we continue to reach out our hands, like groping along a little bit or seeking somebody else's hand to guide us. And a lot of times the person, air quotes, person that's going to grab our hand time and time and time again is going to be God. Right. He's not going to leave us. Right. And I think about any, and I pray that, as listeners, you've encountered at least one of these because I think they are the rarity in our um, profession. But those times, especially in the acute care, um, when you do have a family who the entire journey of their hospitalization, whether the patient or the family, they're just clinging to Jesus and 
they're just loving the healthcare professionals around them along the way and just trusting God and trusting the providers around them for God's will to be done in all of that. And I think, I'm, you know, it's always such a humbling experience when you encounter those people um, because it, it isn't always the case. And to put that trust in God in such a hard time, I yeah. actually had um, the psychologist that I'm seeing did say one thing that I really took home um, in our last session because I was expressing concern that like demons are reoccurring and Mm -hmm. I was very like hot and bothered by this obviously as I'm sure as a listener you can understand if you work really hard and then you take 10 steps forward and you're constantly feeling you're taking three more steps back and she had said to me that you know sometimes we make idols out of our own self-growth and so that's yeah, powerful. it is. It was really powerful because there were a lot of things she said that I didn't love. However, that one really did hit home with me because I think as nurses and the fixers that a lot of us are, we do want to constantly be finding the resolution, finding the why. Why does my brain think like this? Why does this situation happen like this? And so much so that we trust, we want that clarity. We we search for that clarity and that reason and God tells us over and over again that we weren't given the knowledge to know all of the reasons. Yeah. And so we get consumed in that tunnel vision. Um, and that's not what he wants for us. Right. And that sometimes we even hold it up against what somebody else is walking through. And yes. we have to remember to keep our own eyes on our race and our journey because we're not meant to be looking at other people's races and journeys because it's going to look different. So whether or not you're doing quote well in life has nothing to do if it looks like somebody else. Right. And I think sometimes we hold that up as the metric of like, well, this person doesn't seem to struggle in this area. So therefore I must not be okay. Or I must not be good enough or I must not be, you know, whatever, fill in the blanks. And God never looks at us and says, well, why can't you be more like her? Right. Why can't you be more like him? Right. Right. And even having friends around you that I know Meg has been this person for me quite often that when your heart is stubborn and I don't know where um, you are right now in your walk with Jesus and if you're in a stubborn hearted valley or if you're on a mountaintop with him. But um, the people that will speak to you in the valley, no matter how receptive you are in that moment and just say you are loved and God does see you and this is what he says, like those people keep them close um, and be that person for someone because even though in that moment it might be one of those things where you're like yeah I know that that's silly like I've definitely been that person where I'm like yes I already know this like it doesn't help me and then like after I'm out of that stubborn hearted phase I look back and I'm like huh I really did need to hear that no matter how Mm -hmm. outwardly stubborn I was to it so yeah good stuff good stuff we love you all and we're thinking of you all we know that our profession is seems to be back in a rut again and not that we ever weren't necessarily and I know with the pandemic it was a real big rut that I felt like we all thought we climbed out of um but with shortages and increased acuity just know that you're being thought of and we're praying for your renewal in Jesus because we all need it amen I love that you guys have a great week Lean heavily on Jesus. If there's anything that we can do for you or pray for you, please feel free to find M&I because we are 100% here for you.
100%. One hundo. <laughs> Have a good one. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.